singing kind of their last verse or getting towards the end of the song, if you would come on up so we can go through one and get as many songs in tonight. I'll be singing 484, You Are My All in All. 484, You Are My All in All. You are my strength when Good morning. I'd invite you to come on in and find a seat. 
We welcome you to the services of the Boonville Church of Christ. You can see our theme for the year on the screen behind me. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10. I am so excited that we were able to grasp the opportunity to worship this morning. We thank you for being here. If you're visiting with us, you're our honored guest. If you're joining us on social media, we welcome you as well. There is a friendship register on each pew. Please uh, sign that and pass it down to the next person. We'd like to have a record of everyone's attendance today. In our worship service today, Gibson Foster will be leading our singing. Adam Carlson has the opening prayer. Turner Foster, the scripture reading. Brother Ken Forrest will have the lesson. Brother Todd Sweeney will conduct us as we observe the Lord's Supper. Uh, Brother Tommy Barragona has a special announcement. And then Brother Aaron Foster has the rest of the announcements and our closing prayer. Would you bow with me as we begin today? Our loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the multitude of opportunities to serve that you have placed before us. We pray that you would give us the understanding and the vision to know how to grasp these opportunities. We ask your blessings to be upon the Boonville congregation. We pray, Father, that our worship to thee will be acceptable in your sight. We love you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. The first song today will be to Canaan's Land, I'm on my way. Let's all sing out. To Canaan's Land, I'm on my way.
next song this morning will be 979. I'm a poor wayfaring stranger. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we again come before you. We are so very grateful for another great privilege to be able to assemble here as your people to worship and offer praise unto you. And as we do so, may all that we do be pleasing. We are thankful for each and every one that is here. We ask your care to be upon those who are not, whatever their reasons may be. We're mindful that there are several among us who are facing various health struggles. We ask your hand of care to be upon them and their caregivers as well. And if it be your will that they may soon be able to return to us, we are mindful of those who may be struggling with matters of faith, we pray that you too will be with them, that they will look into you and be strengthened and not lose heart, and may we minister to them in some way as well. We ask you to be with our elders and our deacons as they fulfill their various assigned functions and that they will do it with all wisdom and all in harmony with your word. We ask you to help us to be attentive to the 
things that Ken is about to present to us and that we will take those things to heart as well and that we'll make application of them and help one another. We ask you to be with those in civil authority and positions of power. We pray that they will govern according to the standard of your word, that they will look unto you with wisdom and that they will use their power as you have said in your word to be a terror to evil and to reward the good. And we ask you to be with us in all things and always care for us. And for this we ask and in Christ's name, amen. The invitation song this morning be sinners Jesus will receive. The song before Mr. Ken's lesson will be we'll work till Jesus comes. Please all stand. reading this morning will come from Romans 12 verses 3 through 8. Are we reading from the Christian Standard Version? For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you to not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts 
If prophecy, use according to the proportions of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Good morning, everybody. Sure is good to see you out there today. This morning we had our men's breakfast, and it was wonderful. I'm, I'm not sure who all was involved in cooking the food, but it was terrific. And to have so many men gathered together just enjoying fellowship and a meal is terrific. And I saw a lot of those men eating biscuits and gravy and such. That's heavy carbs. I've already had some apologizing about how they were going to go to sleep today. So ladies, especially if you're jealous that they went to that, if you see them nodding off, just give them that little elbow. You have every reason now to do so. And maybe, maybe somebody will put together a ladies breakfast. I don't know. But us men really enjoy to get together and to talk. But I want to I share with you something that happened. It was special to me, anyway. So we get together, and everybody's standing around. We have a prayer, of course, as usual. And Guy Gardner led our prayer. A lot of times in a prayer, you'll have it begin with some beautiful adjectives about God. God is gracious and merciful, loving. And maybe I've heard it before, but I can't recall that I have. Guy used a word today that I'd never heard expressed like that in a prayer before. He started off his list of adjectives with the word beautiful. And I just could not stop thinking about that. You know what I was thinking about? Just the many ways that God is so beautiful. Isn't he a beautiful God? I want to share with you some beauty. First of all, we have some new members here with us. Timothy and Jessica Jackson have expressed their desire to be working with us here at the Boonville Church. Are you guys here this morning? Oh, a hand up. Would you stand up so people, I'll only embarrass you this one time. Ask anybody, I never embarrass people, but uh, this one time. Okay, thank you so much. We are thrilled to have them to be a part with us. Of course, they're the son of Dewey and Liz, and we're just thrilled. There's seven in that family, five children. So we're very excited and look forward to working with them. And hey, Tim, we already checked up on you. Sure did. Turns out he is, he is a very talented young man that can be used in a lot of ways. So we're looking forward to our work with them. And then not only is that beautiful. But there were some extraordinary things that happened this week. Uh, last Sunday, we were praying for Marilyn Martin. 
who was carried by ambulance to Tupelo with what seemed to be heart-related issues. And uh, we were so concerned praying about her. Marilyn, are you with us today? There's Marilyn. Marilyn went through every poking and prodding they could think of. And I think the worst thing was she had to recover from the treatments that they gave her. Come to find out she's in, she's in good shape. And I think God's beautiful, don't you? Janita Estes. We prayed for Janita because she had had a mini stroke. She went this week in order to determine exactly how severe the situation was because there seemed to be a blockage maybe in the carotid artery. You have two, apparently. And uh, sure enough, she had a blockage, a 100% blockage in one of those. The episode that she had was one that normally kills a person or severely infirms them. But Janita has come through it with barely a scratch. Turns out that she is, and I don't know what the percentage of this kind of thing can happen. It's probably 0 0.001. But her body took care of her. When that clot was thrown that resulted in the mini stroke, it also in that process shut off that harmful situation with the carotid artery indefinitely. She may take a little bit of medication, but no surgery is required. I was just thinking today when Guy said that in his prayer, just how, how beautiful God is. Jody, you here today? There's Jody. He's got his good paw up. Jody fell during the ice situation and boy, he had, he had a lot of injuries, but the most severe was on his hand. And you know, he's the softball coach up here at Northeast. He had surgery this week and next day he's back with his team. And God's so beautiful. God is so beautiful. Uh, Ricky Neves, many of you know or have known about was diagnosed with a tumor of cancer in his jaw, in his mouth. And he had seven-hour surgery this past weekend. And it was not nearly as bad or involved as anybody had thought it would be. And he's now on his road to recovery. I just, I was thinking as we were praying... Just how incredibly beautiful God is, isn't he? Today's an extraordinary opportunity for us to return in worship, our glory and praise and adoration to this beautiful God of ours. Today is another reflection on our theme for the year, grasping the opportunity I shared with you in a synopsis form what it is that I intend to do through the year. This is the first installment in that. It is kind of a rehashing because over the last three years, we've been trying to get ourselves ready for this moment, for this time. I want to stress for us the importance of stopping before we ever grasp, lay hand to anything, that we make an assessment 
about ourselves. Be honest with ourselves. I'll walk us through that today. We're going to pray that God will bless us in that endeavor, that his word will prevail, it'll become effective in us, and that despite anything that I might say or any foibles that I'm responsible for, that you will still hear our good God speaking to you today. Let's bow together in in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful to you, Lord, for this opportunity to be together and to worship. We pray, Father, that our worship is acceptable to you. We have been singing these songs with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have been participating in these prayers, and now, Lord, we enter into this time of meditation upon your word. I pray that our souls will be sufficiently filled. Lord, we rejoice in your goodness and hearing our prayers on behalf of so many, three of which who were critical concerns are in our audience here today. For Janita and Jody and Marilyn, we are overly thankful that you have resolved their cases in the way that you have and have provided so much hope and it just thrills us because we all think in our own little ways by the evidence that we have seen in them of just the possibilities in our own lives. You are, you are beautiful. We thank you for the news that we received about Ricky Neves and of his surgery and hopefully of a very good prognosis. We pray, Lord, that cancer has been eradicated from his body And we pray, Lord, that you will strengthen him day by day. Thank you for hearing our prayers and for the way that you have blessed him and his family. We pray, Lord, that you will be with us now as we enter into this time of worship and meditation upon your word. I pray, Father, that you will extend your blessing to me today, that you will help me to communicate exactly what it is that you want all of us to know in a way that is easily understood and discerned. And Father, if, if I'm at fault in some way or I stumble along, I pray that the hearers will, despite that, hear everything in the way that they need to hear it, that this word will find its way into them and will motivate them to greater heights. Lord, just be patient with us as we go through the difficult task of assessing ourselves. Thank you for the blessings that you will bring about in all of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So prior to the text that was just read to us, the Apostle Paul begins Romans chapter 12 with a challenge to Christian people that they be something in the moment that they had been challenged to be Previously, but maybe many of them had not risen to the challenge. And so he is reasserting himself. I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies, the tender mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, your logical service. It's the right thing to do. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, become the example 
of what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I, if I were in that audience, I had received that letter. I'd have my ears up, right? I just heard, I just heard the Apostle Paul the man of God who's risked everything in order to share the gospel with us, whose intention, even through strife and difficulty, is to come here. I've just heard him beg us to be what we should have been a long time ago. And that we would in this moment, forget what's been, just think about this right now. I'm going to be from this moment on, a living sacrifice. I'm not going to be conformed to the world, pressed into its mold. I'm going to be transformed. Going to be like a moth being transformed into a butterfly. I'm leaving sin and its attractions. I am moving on in service to the Lord. And in that service, then I'm going to be an example of what's the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So, I'm motivated, I'm, I'm excited about the prospect of that, and I'm going along and thinking about myself, changes I need to make, who I am. But certainly along the way, I'll eventually come to the realization, whoa, whoa wait, wait a minute, I, I'm not in this all by myself. Yeah, it is a challenge specifically to me. I, I'm the only one that can make my own changes, but... Actually, I'm a part of a brotherhood. And as pertains to the Boonville Church, if, if that letter were directed to us, at, right there it is in your Bible, you read it. So I guess in that sense, it is directed to you. It's a wake-up call. And as I sit there and I hear that, I realize I'm responsible, but you know what? I'm, I'm also responsible to these people right here. My church family. I am involved with them in this process of serving God, taking the gospel to the whole world. Yeah, responsible myself, but also with this body of people. And I want to build them up and help them in their process and all of us working our way as best we can to that ultimate goal of going and being in heaven someday. So as I'm going along, I need to be careful. Because there are a lot of things that can take my attention. I can become distracted. I can fail in some ways. I'm not who I ought to be. So it's good as what we're going to try to do here today. It's good to stop once in a while and just reassess. Take a look at our situation. How am I doing? What's going on with me? Am Am I living up to the challenge that the Lord has laid out there for me? To do that is going to require some soul searching. Anytime anybody mentions that, I just kind of want to wince a little bit. Soul searching. I would rather not do that. I would rather just hit the automatic button on my Christian journey and just, I'm just going, just living, just living the life, living day by day. The business of soul searching means I'm going to stop and be honest with myself, see what's going on, make an evaluation. And then almost always 
make some changes. That is, that's hard, painful. And so I'd ask, why would I want to do that? You know, why can't I just be the status quo? Why can't I just fill a pew and go along, do my thing, do my own thing? Well, the main reason is what we'll discover is that I'm not in it all by myself. I look around you. All these people, these brothers and sisters are in this with me. And here's what I would like all of us to think is that these people that I love, we do love each other, don't we? Yeah, we do. These people that I love are depending on me. They're relying on me to do my part. Whatever it is God has equipped me to do. And I want to put this thought in your mind. You could jot it down and look at it once in a while through the sermon today if you want to. We cannot change the world by doing nothing. I hope you wrote that down. Or if you can just capture it in your memory, that'd be fine too. But carry this with you through our talk today. We, we cannot change this world by doing nothing. We have all of us, individually and together, we have all got to be committed to doing something. So today we're going to begin that process by assessing ourselves. Let's, let's assess ourselves in terms of, I'm going to start with the idea of, of harmony, of harmony, of our, as, as brotherhood, you and I, together in this body, of getting along, of, of doing things together. Here in Romans 12, verse 3, it says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. I want to hang on that idea right there. God has granted to each one a measure of faith. God has extended in your life some package of, of gifts that are uniquely yours. That's my take from the idea. You are unique and special in that regard. God has extended some good thing to you. You, you are unique in this family of God. No matter how many come and sit among the pews, you are unique and special and especially equipped for certain things. Nobody else in this place is equipped or resourced exactly like you are. And so here we are just brothers and sisters going along and we're just, we're happy. We're, we're building one another up. And the idea is that we are encouraging and building one another in the journey through life to ultimately eternity along the way. You've seen this. We've had funeral after funeral of folks where we come in, we, we describe the gathering as a time of celebration, the celebration of life. 
And the idea is, okay, well, we're, we're dropping one off here. We are celebrating the time that we spent together. And now the expectation, the anticipation is that one day we're going to see them again because they have now broken off and embarked upon their eternal life. And we're only in expectation, all of us still journeying together, that that is going to be us someday. You know what? That idea of harmony and joining together and traveling along and moving forward goes along beautifully and in great harmony until someone in that body joined hand in hand, arm in arm, either over or underthinks their role in the body. What I mean by that is if somebody overthinks their role and maybe even takes on more responsibility than they're even capable of carrying, then they're removing some opportunity from someone else that God had especially equipped for that role. And so they're just kind of hoarding up these things and becoming more and more prominent to the exclusion of others who may be just or even better equipped to serve. And that can create some disharmony, can cause some angst in the body. I've heard of congregations that had lots of talent within it, but that talent wasn't being utilized. Those folks said, well, they're not going to use me and I'm not going to be able to grow in this. I'm going somewhere else. That which was so peaceful and harmonious now, it's experiencing some problems. A separation of the body over a lack of use in the body. All of us are specially equipped. I want to be used. Sometimes overuse can create schism. Sometimes underuse too. I would say, I'd say that's more prevalent. And that is I'm capable of doing a lot of things, but I just don't let it be known. Or maybe I'm a raw talent, but I don't ever venture into any occasion where that talent might be tapped or something might be explored. Maybe I have a question about my ability, but I, I either have a fear or just no motivation internally whatsoever to step out and do something different. And so I never really, never really know exactly what it is that I'm capable of. When the Apostle Paul was talking to the Philippian brethren about well, he talks about Jesus and about his role in our salvation, but prior to that, he's talking about his expectation of what the experience in the body ought to be like, how it reflects in great part the attitude that Jesus had when he was in the process of sacrificing himself and dying for us and being resurrected. You say, well, how can that be? Well, it gets to the mentality of it all. In Philippians chapter 2 at verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being. And then I just want to put an ellipsis right there and stop. I want to make this point that he is ultimately saying, what I want you to do is to fulfill my joy. There is something that exists now that I want us to step up and carry to a new level, but let's back up for a moment and remind ourselves of what he was saying was the foundation, the things that were expected to be in place. 
Consolation in Christ, comfort of love, fellowship of the Spirit, affection and mercy. What about that idea of consolation in Christ? The sense that we're all in this together. You know, we're all in Jesus Christ and there is comfort in the knowledge that we're in this together. That's the idea. In Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 32, the Hebrews writer says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For after you've received the promise, you may inherit that promise for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in them. For we're not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. This section right here is really an attempt to remind folks that, yeah, you know what? Okay, your current situation is you're under strife and difficulty. You just want a quick Christianity and go back to what you had before. I don't want you to do that. What I, want to, what I want to do is to remind you of how it used to be because it can be that way again. And how it used to be was we went through trials and struggles just like we're going through now, back then. But what happened was when I went through it, you had compassion on me and my chains. You accepted your own setbacks for my benefit. I did the same thing for you. We were in this together. And as we're going through our present difficulty, remember how we used to be. And let's be that again. We are in it together. We ought to be able to lean on and trust in one another. Absolutely. That that is the idea or the sense of consolation in Christ. He talks about comfort of love. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Comfort of love. This is what I take from that description there. It's that, uh, for instance, when we assemble together, when we assemble together, this ought to be a place of healing, encouragement, joy. When I leave here, I ought to feel, I ought to feel full. I, I mean, I've expressed myself to God in worship, sure, but I came in here I wasn't being interrogated. I wasn't being browbeaten. I wasn't being told how bad I am. I, I came in here and my brothers and sisters, well, that picture that we had before, they just linked up arms with me, so to speak, or they gave me a big hug or let me feel like I was important to them, like I was a part of something. That is an expression of kindness and forgiveness and acceptance that you are never going to experience in the world, but that you should take for granted is going to be a part of your experience right here in the church. 
And then that idea of fellowship with the Spirit, and that's precious because we are all part of the same, literally the same spiritual family. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, him indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory shall be revealed in us. And again, maybe we're suffering through something, but just the idea that this is only temporary and being with the Lord is forever. And I have my brothers and sisters with me. And yes, my brothers and sisters, not just in name only, not just because we showed up at the same place, but it is the spirit of God himself who is testifying to that fact. God knows us. He has identified us. We are his, and there is no doubt about that. And then affection and, and mercy. We just, we just care for each other. Tender feelings of affection. The Hebrews writer said to let brotherly love continue. Hebrews 13 verse 1. I had someone say one time, well, you know, only, uh, only uh, words like phileo, which is this affection here, not like agape. Agape can be commanded because it's, it's you know, an action. This feeling is not something that can be commanded. You, know, you, just, you just have to have it or you don't have it. But actually, this let love continue is actually in the sense of, of a command. Let, let the brotherly affection that you have for one another just, just flow. Don't, don't be reserved, in other words, in your relationship with your brothers and sisters. So in terms of making an assessment about myself, Here's what I want to do. I, I want to make sure, and, and I can't answer for anybody else. I, anybody else might disappoint me. I'm, I'm not looking for that. Just, just for myself in my soul-searching mode right now, I ask the question, do, do I have this? Do I have the sense and the desire for harmony in the body? Am I that part that people can rely and depend upon? And then also need to assess myself for purposes of unity. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verses 4 and 5 of Romans chapter 12. So we're a part of something. Not not just pieces that are joined together, but they are united as though they are one body. One body in Christ is how he worded that. Now, I wanna, if you're using your bookmarkers, your fingers, 
You might want to stick one finger there at Romans 12. The other one's there in Philippians 2. Because we're going back to Philippians 2. And look at verse 2. Fill out what he had just talked about. Remember, he gave the prerequisites. Here are things that I expect of you. Consolation in Christ, comfort of love, fellowship of the Spirit, affection and mercy. He says, when those are in place, then fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now, you generally look at those and you say, all of those are about oneness. They, they absolutely are. Every single one of those are very subtle descriptors of really the same thing, just looking at from different angles. I need for you to experience oneness, Paul says. Just fulfill it by taking it from this extraordinary relationship that you have to literally melding yourselves together spiritually as one body. Like-minded. We got our minds set on the same purpose. We're focused on that. Same love. That's focused love. It, that, it's got a target. We're aiming at it. Being of one accord. Now, one accord, that's translated from a word. And to me, it's one of, it's one of my favorite words in, in the scriptures. It literally means hearts that are beating in unison. Now, if we had all of us had heart rate monitors on <laughs> um, and we had the graph, we just, if we had it, had the sound turned up and listening to our heartbeats, it would sound something like, you know, <laughs> because they, they wouldn't all be the same. But the idea is that as a church body, as a family, it is like all of us are so together so one in this relationship, it's as though we have one heartbeat. Man, I love that picture. And of one mind, we are all focused intently on the same goal. That image of the body is, is used a lot in the scriptures. Paul does it again in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. And it, when he describes this, you know, especially here, I get the idea, you know, our expectation, a normal, healthy body, is that everything's going to function practically without thought. When our little Tracy was born, you know, the first thing you do when the baby's born. I know, crying and, and all that. Not that part. Start counting toes. Five toes on the left foot, five toes on the right foot, five fingers left, five fingers right. Nose look okay. You're examining the body. Up, oh, looks perfect. Oh, what a relief. Yay, yay, great. Got, got a healthy baby. And then that baby grows up and we teach the baby how to talk. We teach the baby how to walk. And eventually we tell it, quit talking and sit down and whatever. You know, we, we naturally expect this baby physically is going to develop and, and be fine. And if all goes well, sure, that, that's, that's, that expectation that we have will come to fruition. When, when I look at my hand, and you can do this with me if you want, when I, when I bend the fingers and all, you know what? I'm not thinking in my mind consciously, oh, I need to have certain muscle to 
you know, contract and, and uh, certain ligaments and, oh, well, it's got to go up through here. And, oh, by the way, I need to keep that blood flow going so that it gets enough oxygen to that muscle. I don't do all those calculations. I don't have to sit down and spend endless amounts of time and thought about what I do. I just, I just do it somehow until there's an accident. Or maybe there's a neurological disease that develops. Usually, usually the symptom that something is wrong is that I started to wiggle these fingers, but they wouldn't go. And all of a sudden, I'm in a panic. Why is that? Why did that happen? I go to the doctor. The doctor will say, oh, yeah, well, there's a nerve impinged. Oh, we can do surgery and free that up. Or it might be a neurological problem. Look, you're, you're developing MS, or you've got some other kind of problem and, you know, you've got Parkinson's disease. You're going to have tremors that you can't control and on and on and on. Disease to the body. My body was fine and working well until there was a disconnect somehow with the mind. Neurological. Well, so here we are in the church and we've got unity and harmony. Every, everything's going great and all of a sudden there are problems. We want to know what happened, what's wrong. Almost always. It's not necessarily an attack from the outside that caused the problem. Almost always it is a spiritual neurological problem. And that is somehow there is a disconnect between the body and the mind. The mind being Jesus. You are supposed to be one body in Christ Jesus. When there is a disconnect from Jesus, there are going to be problems. So that parts of the body, and that, that's us, that's what he described in our text, members of one another. Parts of the body aren't functioning as they should. If there's not harmony or if there's disunity, if there is a lack of involvement in the precious works of God, it is not the problem with the head. It is a problem with the body. The body is suffering spiritual disease. It, it is important for all of us to assess ourselves for unity. To be certain that we are not the part that is creating the sickness or the illness in the body. And then I would suggest that we've got to assess ourselves for purposes of service. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with gentleness. Wow, there are a lot of things to do right there. Yeah, th there are a lot of things to do for different ones. Not everybody was doing all of those things that he lists there. He could have listed a lot more things. But the point is, everybody has a thing to do, a certain service to do, a certain role. Back over there in uh, Philippians chapter 2. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but... In lowliness of mind, let each esteem 
others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verses 4 and 5, Philippians 2. Now, let's put this together. The expectation is I can do something, but what can I do? You know that you don't or shouldn't think less of a fish because it can't climb a tree, right? A fish isn't equipped to climb a tree. If we had a bunch of fish and we took them out to a tree, well, first thing, they'd probably all die because trees don't live in, in the water there with them. But it's like, climb up that tree, shimmy up that thing. Say, no, he's not very capable. <laughs> that fish is a terrible tree climber. We need tree climbers. Wouldn't it be better if you had a fish? Find a job for that fish where he can swim. He is a very proficient swimmer. We'll find a monkey to do the tree climbing. What about in the church? Boy, it's easy for us to look at somebody and say, well, they're not doing what I'm doing or they're not as capable as I am. So they're not a very good Christian. Or somehow or other, we have capable people who have never gotten hooked up with a job that is well suited to them and they feel like a failure because the things that they have tried to do or the assignments that they were given, they tried it, but they weren't equipped for it. They, they didn't know the first thing to do and they felt like such a failure. Many of us go through our entire Christian life like a fish out of water. Like we had these skills, maybe we'd never even tapped them. My mother was well advanced in her age before she quit accepting our drawings and putting them on the refrigerator and actually started doing her own drawing. And we were like, wow, what in the world? We had no idea she was such an artist because she had been crowded out. Sometimes that happens with us. Live an entire Christian life, could you imagine it? But never able to exercise yourself to God's glory because of one reason or another. Maybe it's my fault, or maybe I was just never given the opportunity. I need to be looking for opportunities to serve. Isn't that our theme? Is that what we've been looking at? Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. Whatever your hand finds. Oh, hey, I found a job for you. <laughs> Wait, what? How about the job you find to do? You have the skills, you have the resources, you have the opportunity. Don't just stand there and stare it down. Grab it. Esther. Esther chapter 4 verse 14. Esther could have chosen, I mean she is the queen after all, just be quiet, let this problem with the Jews ride out, she will survive. Mordecai says, you know what, you can be quiet if you want to. And then deliverance for the Jews will come and you and your father's house, you will perish. Or you could think this way. What if you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? What if of all the time that the church has existed, 
that this right now is your time. This is the time that God chose for you. The optimum time has, has used all of these years to build up these abilities that you have housed within you, these resources that you have accumulated. Who knows whether God has used all of that to this moment so that you can use it to His praise, to His honor, to His glory. Who knows? You know, the problem that we have is that humans want the glory from other humans. I want to do this so that people will see me doing it. Or I want to make sure that so-and-so knows that I did this because I don't want them to think less of me. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Living for human gratification. You know, that's backward. That is not at all what Jesus did. And that was, that's what continues Philippians chapter 2. So he began talking about us and our unity and the oneness that we have. And he says, you've got to have the right mind about this because if you don't, all this is lost. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Over and over and over again, we're reminded, Jesus humbled himself. He humbled himself over and over and over again. Wasn't looking for a claim. Wasn't looking for some hits on Facebook or Instagram. Wasn't trying to have his 15 minutes of fame. He came to save sinners. That was it. Not interested, didn't care whether anybody saw it and gave him the credit or not. That's the thing about being in the church. I, I am not you and you are not me. I am not trying to be you and you shouldn't be trying to be me. I shouldn't look at the assets and the resources and the capabilities that you have and say, boy, if I had that... I would be better than he or she is. Or you look at me and you say, boy, he is wasting away at his opportunities. If I were him, I would stop that. That is not how it works. God has vested each part, specially for the role that they are to play. I'm supposed to do my thing. That's what I'm responsible for. Stop right there. I should not be looking at you trying to get yours. I've got mine, you know. I, I should do what I can do with the available things that are at my disposal that God has placed in my hands. And you should do the very same thing. You will not be judged based on what Ken did, and Ken won't be judged based on what you did. But we will benefit, you and I, from working together in this. Isn't that true? So if I'm encouraging you in what you have and what you can do, and you're encouraging me in what I have and what I can do. God's the one that's going to be glorified. And we won't care who knows it. Yeah, we'll just go about doing good as Jesus did. And what would be the end result? Well, you may not get your name in the paper. But again, who cares about human glory? We shouldn't be caring about that. What we should be caring about is what the Lord thinks. When the Lord saw what Jesus did and how he behaved himself and how humble he was in his service to, uh, to the eternal plan, 
It says in verse 9 that God highly exalted him and has given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Did that work out okay for Jesus? Yes, it did. And that's how it works for us too. We're going to work together on this. We're going to assess ourselves, sure, because we want harmony, we want unity in the body. But we are going to be working together in order to accomplish extraordinary things for the Lord. Oh, each one of us could do amazing things, but it is nothing like the exponential growth that God can give when every part is doing its share. We are not going to change the world by doing nothing. We must be doing something. Don't be, don't be that fish out of water. Are you a child of God? We need to pray about this today. Jumpstart our relationship with the Lord. Assessing, been assessing all morning. Ken, I'm a mess. Let's pray about it. Let's get on track. Let's go. Are you not a child of God today? Obey the gospel. Have your sins washed away. Believing Jesus Christ as the son of God, confessing your faith in him, repenting, turn away from your sins, living for him, living as him, being buried in water. Have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. Rise up in newness of life. You'll be added to this body by the Lord himself. Acts 2, verse 47. And you know, as we've seen already, the extraordinary things God can do with you. Let him use you today. Does anybody need to respond? Why don't you come while we stand together and sing?
To prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we will sing, Why Did My Savior Come to Earth? Number 382. Why did my Savior come to earth and to the humble glow? Why did he to the earth because he loved me so? He loved me so. He taking the Lord's Supper. If you'll raise your hand, the ushers will take care of you at this time. You bow with me, please. 
Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you for the many wonderful blessings in life. Father, as we partake of this bread that represents Christ's body, Father, just help us to take it in a manner that would be pleasing unto thee and help our minds go back and realize it's a sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for all of us, Father. Forgive us for we have failed thee. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Let's pray. Likewise, fathers, we partake of this fruit of the vine that represents Christ's blood that he shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Father, help us to partake of this in a manner that be pleasing unto thee and help us to truly realize the sacrifice that Jesus Christ died for all of us that we may have an opportunity of home in heaven with thee one day. It's through Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. The song before we give will be When Upon Life's Bidlos, 742. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are service, uh, we are always acknowledgeable about God's given his son as an offering for our sins. That work has already been done. Now what we do until he comes back is main, be sure that there's a, a, a church to gather. So as we partake of, give of our funds, let's uh, ask God to bless these, these funds toward his effort. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we can come back and give you an appreciation for what all you've done in our lives and for the church. Heavenly Father, we give these funds and we are excited to see what beautiful things come of it. We ask these things in your son's name. Amen.
before Aaron uh, comes and we have some, our, our announcements this morning, just want to remind you that this is the beginning of a new uh, quarter for our classes. And in keeping with, I have to say, in keeping with uh, your lesson, Brother Ken, that this has truly been, in the last six years, this has been the easiest quarter uh, as far as placing teachers. Uh, and that is just simply a, a something else for which to be thankful uh, as God works within us. But just as far as there is a, a pink, and they're pink actually, there are handouts back on the uh, welcome table if you want to get the uh, roster for the teachers and the classes that are available this coming uh, quarter starting today. Uh, but as far as the adults, classes are concerned in the auditorium beginning this evening, Brother Doug will lead us in a study of the uh, five acts of worship. And then on Wednesday evening, Brother Ken will lead us in a study of Isaiah through Daniel. Then on Wednesday evening in the auditorium, Brother uh, uh, Jim will lead us in a study of the book of Galatians. And then on Wednesday evening uh, in the conference room, Brother Todd Sweeney will teach a class uh, entitled Being Watchful Christians. Let me also have the privilege of saying good morning. It is, uh, it is so wonderful to see you and so wonderful to have you here with us. And in our midst of about 333 individuals here this morning, I know we have visitors among us and uh, we're just so glad you're here, but not just our visitors, uh, our church family, thank you, for, thank you for the love you have for God and, and for being here to worship him this morning. Uh, we do have several things going on this morning, so I hope you'll bear with us. I do have a couple of cards I want to start with. Uh, the first one is from Drew, Amanda, um, Emily, and baby Tracy Forrest. And the card says this, Dear Boonville Church of Christ, our family thanks everyone, every one of you for your amazing generosity. This church and what it represents is something to be so proud of. It's so full of happiness and love. And we hope this year is full of blessings for each and every one of you. Love the forest. Also have a card here from Mickey Scott. It reads, I would like to thank each one of you for the cards, texts, calls, and flowers during the loss of my sister, Wanda Devon. Love, Mickey Scott. I know you have the announcements in front of you. Um, we do like to go through these because there's so many people online who aren't able to uh, receive this. So just bear with us as we go through these quickly. Uh, of course, we've already talked about welcoming the Jackson family. So glad that they are with us. Uh, the church directory, you can't miss it in the back. Please make sure that information is correct. Uh, we have the landmark today at four. Last Leaders is in full swing and we're so happy uh, for all the people who support and participate in that. So you need to pick up your banner kits. Song leading is today immediately following, following services. Storyline 1230, debate 345, and Bible Bow at 4. Um, so young people, thank you for your support of all of that. There's a link here for the lectureships that begin tonight if you want to utilize it. Um, everyone going to CYC, please meet tonight in the auditorium. Drew and Katie are actually, I believe, at uh, Sherman this morning looking for a potential mission opportunity for us this summer. Uh, but they'll be back, and we need to have that meeting tonight. Uh, the Valentine Banquet, don't forget it, Saturday, February the 10th. For those over 55, I believe that starts at 6 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. 
uh, visitation assignments. Dale has them. And then um, I got to this last one. I felt like there was supposed to be so much more, but it says it. Last the leaders, Good Samaritan, Valentine, date night, child care. I don't know exactly what that means, but some of you need to take advantage of that. And I know more will come out of that. Uh, Miss Marilyn wants you to know that the SOS bags, there's some in the back for anyone that would like to take them uh, and give God's word out to others. So don't forget that. And um, lastly, but not least, we have a special announcement we would like to make. Uh, please don't forget those that are sick and serve those this week. And I'm going to turn it now over to Mr. Tommy. You know, in 2024, <clears throat> we are committed to grasping the opportunities that the Lord places before us as we try to move the kingdom forward here in Boonville. Over the last few months, the elders have been meeting with the deacons and other people that are involved in the work of the church here. Uh, we're trying to evaluate the current and, and future needs of this congregation. We want to align the, the current needs with people that are willing and ready to serve at this time. In the next few weeks, we will be presenting a complete list of deacons and their work. But today we're excited because we have six men that we want to present to you that we would like to appoint deacons uh, in the congregation here. The six men and their work, uh, Todd English, would. We would like for him to serve as a SALT team leader. Stephen Hodgen, in, in addition to all of his other duties, uh, would, would be a SALT team leader. Cameron Jumper would be a SALT team leader. Chris Langley would serve the congregation in worship assignments. Jonathan Farr would serve the congregation as a last to leaders coordinator. And Jody Long would uh, serve as a SALT team leaders. We would like to have your comments. There's a box in the foyer. It says, Deacon Comments. Please uh, give us your feedback. If you know of any scriptural reason why any one of these men should not serve as a deacon, please put that in writing and sign your name to it and put that in the box so that we can consider your opinion. The box will be out in the foyer for the next two weeks. So you've got a couple weeks to, uh, to give us your feedback. We want to thank these men uh, for their godly lives, for their wonderful families, and for their willingness to serve the Lord. We have a lot of folks in this congregation that are serving God to the best of their abilities. We have a congregation that's filled with talented people, and we want to use every one of them that we can possibly use. Let's close in prayer today. Our Father, thank you for all of the many blessings that you bestow upon us. We're so thankful for all of the members of this congregation, for the talents that you have blessed them with, and we pray that we can put these people in the right places where your congregation will be filled with people that are reaching out to others. We're especially thankful for Todd, for Stephen, for Cameron, for Chris and Jody and Jonathan today. 
as they are being considered as deacons for this congregation. We pray that you will be with them, be with their families, and always be with the elders of this congregation that we can lead in accordance with your will. These things we ask through Jesus' name. Amen.